Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Law Talks. Today I'm actually being the interviewee, which is very exciting, and a friend and law student called Amelia Robson. Mm. Friend and law student, friend first, law student second, is very kindly interviewing me to talk about my journey to getting a training contract, which is really exciting. Amelia, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Amelia I met Katie at university and I study law at UCL. I'm in my second year and I'm very much hoping to follow in Katie's footsteps to secure a TC and therefore today she's going to be telling me about how she's managed to do that. Exciting. So first of all, Katie, the most important question is why did you want to do law? Surprisingly, this is a hard question to answer and I'm getting the giggles because I'm looking at you, but... um, (laughs) When I was in, I think it was year nine, my school made us get work experience, which at the time I was dreading. I was like, how am I meant to find anything I want to do? But I managed to secure a mini, mini pupillage, if that makes any sense. So it was literally shadowing a defence barrister in a two day case. And that was like my first experience of law outside of TV shows like Suits and movies like Legally Blonde. Yeah. And I thought... This is really cool. And the barrister I was shadowing was a female barrister. And not to be all feminist, but I just hadn't really seen, like, a woman go into court and be really cool. And, like, I'd always seen, like, middle-aged white men. So it was really nice to kind of be like, oh my gosh, I could actually do this. It's really inspirational. Because when I chose to do law, 
I shadowed this uh, female solicitor in like a local firm, and she was just so cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like that. You go home afterwards, and you just go, "Mum, I'm I'm doing law, Mum. This, this is this is the thing for me." That's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then I didn't decide to study law at university. Yeah. I studied history, politics, and economics. I did actually initially pl- apply for law, and then I had a panic and swapped to my course. But to be honest. Um, I've really enjoyed it because I feel like it's just given me more of the commercial awareness side of things that I've needed to apply for law. Yeah. Um, I feel like it would give you a really good, like, social background as well. I hope so. Like, the wider social stuff. Because, like, that's when we've been studying it. It's a lot of, like, you think about the wider political sphere that it's in. Yeah. You think a lot about policy. And I think that's kind of what made me go for commercial law. Because the role of a commercial lawyer isn't necessarily always going to be black letter law but like how can companies make a decision and you know topical issues affecting them and things like that so i think that degree has helped me understand those issues more which has actually been quite advantageous when i've been applying for tcs and things like that so yeah excellent practically how did you begin your application season and when did you begin your application season okay so my initially i started applying when i was in my second year of university because as a non-law student most vacation schemes and open days and tcs are only open to you from your second year and my first application season was not successful at all i got absolutely nothing um and that was when it was also the pandemic yeah and i was like right i'm gonna need to get my own work experience so that's when i founded law talks with ellie um and just built on that for the whole following that rejection of application season i just really threw my energy into that i just think that's so cool though it was really disheartening not getting anything yet being so interested in law so i felt like i needed to figure out a way to prove that i was interested i think that's something that's really important because knowing a lot of law students who've got absolutely nothing so far myself included um it's just you know, you've got to find your own way of getting interested. And, you know, you don't have to form your own podcast. Yeah. I mean, that's sick if you can, so <laughs> props. But, like, you know, like, even if it's just going and messaging someone on LinkedIn. Like that exactly. And my logic was also, the way I got my mini, mini pupillage was through a family friend who knew of someone. Yeah. So I did kind of have that privilege of the way that that I managed to get that informal placement was through a connection. So I think that really made me realise if it was so hard for me to get something like that, like that, then how hard it must be for people without those connections. So by interviewing professionals, you know, it gives people who are going to apply for certain things that kind of direct insight. Like they can say, oh, I listened to this episode and I heard X talk about Y and that made me want to do this. So it just makes law a lot more accessible. Yeah. Because it can be really that was my, That is the aim of Law yeah. Talks. Oh, <laughs> Hopefully it's working. Glad to hammer that one home. But yeah, so then after that failed application season and starting Law Talks, I came back to the next year uh, very determined. And I started planning in about early August, which might seem really early for some people. But I think because I'd known how hard it was the year before, I'd come in with a bit more insight into yeah how intense application season is and it is insane and it is insane so i basically just made a word document and made a table and i had in the left hand column the firms i wanted to apply to 
Um, then I had the opening date of the application yeah. and the closing date. And then I had a little status column so I could be yeah. like, completed the application or got through to the Watson Glazer. I could just yeah. keep updating it when I it's just when I kind of found out something new about the... Yeah, it's such a helpful way to keep track because there's just, like, there's so many applications that people do and they're all so niche and things like that. And if you It just is got... really overwhelming. Yeah. I would recommend, like, for me, I applied to about 12 firms. Yeah. Which seems like a lot. Um, but I was very determined yeah. because, because of my failed application season. And I would like to caveat that with the fact that maybe five of those were open days. Yeah. Which, although they are competitive, it's not like it's a not vacation competitive as TC. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And the first thing I got accepted onto was an open day. And just having that, like, yes, that initial yeah. yes was really inspiring. And then, yeah. you know, you kind of see, okay, I can get somewhere with an application. I've just yeah. got to... And you can always learn from your mistakes. Exactly. And I definitely think having having a having a boatload of rejections does build cat it's really demoralizing. <laughs> but you know, the rejections do help you because you learn from it because you can you know, like if you get one acceptance and ten rejections, you can go through and be like, Okay, this was in all ten of these I said this, but in this one I didn't. Yeah. And things like that. Yeah. Always helps. So that was basically how my yeah. application season planning um, went. And I mean, I guess involved in the planning was what was your process in choosing the firms that you applied for? Because everyone's got yeah. very unique tastes in firms. I've heard some people say some things, some people say very different things. So I think for me, this kind of came at the same time I was making that table of firms. Yeah. Obviously, they kind of go simultaneously. Um, I had to think about a lot of things. I mean, the common things you want to look out for is the location. Yeah. US or UK is a common debate. Yep. Are there any specialisms you're interested in? Like, are they a particularly financial firm? Are you interested in that? Great, I'm going to apply there. Pro bono work. Pro bono Some work. Put a lot more emphasis on it. Work-life balance. Sounds key. <laughs> and maybe even the structure of the training contract. Mm-hmm. Do you know if you want to work with a big team or a small team? Because some firms offer 70 plus TCs, some firms offer seven. Yeah. Um, But for me, I wasn't necessarily too structured by those criteria yeah what i kind of found is all the firms i applied to had the same three common features they did elite work which which yeah. sounds really you know prestigious but genuinely like they did the high-end transactions Lovely. if it and like really cool cases and yeah. deals that i was interested in and i could follow in the mainstream news they all had to have a friendly culture which yeah. yes is hard to find out but you can speak to people you can read reviews things like that that was important to me and then the final thing was i wanted them to have an emphasis on diversity and inclusion obviously so for me whilst the location us uk specialism kind of debate did all come into play it was mainly like i would only apply to firms if they had those three features i think that's really important that you know like you might not know that you know you want to be a commercial lawyer or if you want to go and specialize in ip but if you've got some like it doesn't even have to be anything like really law based things because fundamentally like yeah it's a job in law but also it's something you're going to do so i think what i would recommend is just kind of looking at all those different factors location us uk all those and then once you've had a look at all of those narrowing down the things that are really important to you yeah and then if you see a firm that ticks those boxes for you apply if you see a firm that doesn't don't yeah. Because there were times where I applied, I like I was guilty of doing this, I applied to two or three firms when I knew they weren't the right fit to me for me. Like I knew I wouldn't yeah. enjoy it, but I was like, Oh, I'll apply anywhere because yeah. 
you know, I'll take it. I've got it. to apply. Yeah. But I think what I've learned from that is your your application isn't going to go very far if you don't genuinely if you don't genuinely feel, feel it because they yeah. can tell. They really can. There's tell. only so much you can write. Yeah. That will. You know, when they say write 200 words about why you want to work for this firm and you can't think of anything. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How did you find out all of this knowledge, though? Like, you must have done quite a lot of research. Yeah, so I'm actually going to do a post on how to research law firms on the Law Talks Instagram. But I would say there's kind of two different (laughs) stages to it. So there's the pre-application where you're deciding, should I apply to this firm or not? Yeah. And you can use... Well... You can ideally speak to someone from the firm. Yeah. So that might not be possible. I completely get that because you might not know someone at the firm, but you might know of someone that knows yeah. of someone or you might see someone on LinkedIn that you can drop them a message or you might listen to them on a podcast. Yeah. Um, university connections as well. If yes. you ask your faculty, nine times out of ten, they will know someone who yeah, knows someone. Yeah, if you're at university, definitely worth reaching out to even one of your professors or anything. Yeah. Um, but if that's not an option, you can still yes. research by going onto some of the classic law websites. So all about law, commercial uh, websites, lawcareers.net. Yeah, is that what it's called? I think yeah, that's that's classic. Chambers student or Chambers associate for Chambers students, great UK US versions. Yeah. Um, and then when it gets to, you know, you've done that research and you're onto the assessment centre stage the type of sources I use shifted a bit. So whilst those websites and obviously the people at the firm is great, yeah. you can kind of go beyond that. So what I did, and I would recommend people doing if they do have an so AC, easy. is setting up a Google alert. So for me, if a firm I had an interview for, I just put their name into the Google alert and then you get an email every time that firm is mentioned in the news or in something significant. So it's a really quick way to keep up to date with the most recent news on that firm. Yeah. And they might, like, a common AC question is, which recent uh, deal has interested you? And then you can say, yeah. oh, I read this, this one and it was great, yeah. literally this morning. Yeah. Um, another thing I'd really recommend is podcasts, because it can be very draining doing an application season. And I know this is ironic because I have a podcast. Not necessarily Law Talks. But we wouldn't say that you shouldn't listen to Law Talks. But, like, there's one... I think it's called the trainee test, Baker McKenzie. I'm not 100% sure, but I'll I'll link it in the description. But it's basically where they get trainees to do the exercise aspect of the assessment centre. So normally in an assessment centre, there'll be an exercise you have to complete. Yeah. And they'll literally discuss with the trainees their thought process as they're going through it and how they respond to it and things like that. And I think that's the best way to learn how to do that side of things for the assessment centre. Yeah. And also commercial law handbook. Not very expensive from Amazon, very oh, thin. That is fantastic. Really okay. helpful for just a summary of like what yeah. actually is law, what do trainees yeah. do? Simple questions, but yeah. It's hard to know if you haven't done work experience. Yeah. Oh, and another one which is like really obvious. Um if you go to the firm's websites, if you have a look, they'll normally have some kind of blog. And a lot of it can be quite dry, but um like if you search through i found on a lot of firms websites they'll have interviews with trainees where they'll say about you know this is how i got my work experience this Mm -hmm. is what i thought and it's not just law firms because sometimes if you want to look at in-house things they'll Mm -hmm. have similar things and it's really quite useful to look at because then you can see if the trainees seem genuinely happy yeah because if they don't seem genuinely happy in the video do you want to go to that (laughs) firm really i've actually just realized that i didn't recommend a law firm's website as one of the sources 
No, and I will say, no, it is a really yeah. good source of information. But it is obviously... Yeah, yeah. it's obviously presented by the law firm. So yeah. I actually didn't use the actual firm's website pre-interview stage. Yeah. Um, but obviously when it comes to the assessment centre, you want to look on the website as well. Yeah. That goes without saying. Yeah. Probably should have mentioned that one. Yeah. Um, okay, so if you could have gone back and changed anything about your legal journey, what would you change? I think I wish I could have had more practice of the exercise section of the assessment centre. Yeah. And I know that... That's hard to get, though. It's hard to get. So I think, from my understanding, open days often mm. include, like, practice exercise sessions or group... Um, not all of them do. But not all do. of them, but some do. So yeah. I did one open day, which I had that, which was good practice. But I wish I could have had a bit more of that. And I think it's something I might look at creating content for for Law Talk. So similar to Baker McKenzie trainee test, that sort of thing. Yeah. Choosing an exercise and going through it and seeing the way to approach the exercise and how you can break it down. But yeah, I wish more of that had been available and I do think that's yeah. something that I want to try and improve where that, I can. That would be very helpful. I'll try, I'll try. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Um, and on that note, what advice would you give your younger self? Don't get too stressed out about application season. Something you tell me every day. And I know that that's easier said than done, especially once you've secured something. But some some applications will be better than others. Some seasons will be better than others. In 2020, slash 2021 season, yeah. I got nothing. Yeah. And then in 2021-22 season, I got a training contract, two summers, and a few open days. Yeah. So that just shows, like, the difference sometimes, in an application season. Yeah. Sometimes and it is just luck of the draw, which is a complete yeah. stinker. But. Yeah, it really is. And just don't be disheartened. Don't spread yourself too thin. Yeah. Make sure you're... I mean, I know I haven't talked that much about actually writing applications in this, but just, you know, making sure you're including as much information and tailoring it to the firm as you can. Yeah. There's that famous phrase where it's like, if the sentence could be applied to another law firm, it's not specific enough. Yeah. Which is horrible, but it's true. Yeah. Um. So just making sure you're genuinely applying for the right reasons and not getting too disheartened if it doesn't go well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Amelia, thank you so much for interviewing me. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast and for giving me a mug. It's really exciting that you're, like, I've been interviewing on a host for this episode. And I hope that this has been insightful for people that are struggling with their TC journey. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.